Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we hear secret messages when we play Jackie Mason tapes backwards as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 132nd episode in the series, Snap Out of It. (laughs) I had a little share. I did a little share there. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Snap out of it. That is absolutely an ode to uh to share. That's pretty great. In Moon, Moon Gotta Show. be. Um, <laughs> they really do a great job with like the titles. It's it's pretty fabulous. Um, anyway, so I used to love this one all the time. <laughs> I still do, even though it's so fucking kooky. It's like so emblematic of these latter seasons of just getting a little wacky. Um, and I I think I really love it, especially because I love Martin Mull because he was Colonel Colonel Mustard in Clue, which I watched incessantly as a child. Mm, yeah, he's got a really good reel. I love Clue. I love um I love Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I love yeah. he was great on Roseanne. Like he's great, and he, I loved him. Did you ever watch Hollywood Squares when like Whoopi Goldberg was on it? It was like I never I don't know. I was, was he probably on in like junior high. Yeah, he was a regular. He was great. Really funny. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. So he does a um, lot. Yeah. It's a fun guest yeah. star. Yeah. I mean, what? so what do you think of the, the whole concept of this entire season, though? I'm, a ser- I'm sorry. Episode. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, it's goofy. I think it's like... I think it's fun. I love to see Jimmy's like apartment. I also feel like it's exactly what I wanted my bedroom to look like when I was a teenager. You know, like I was like everything from Spencer's gifts, right in, right in, everything from Hot Topic, not the back room, perverts. Um, but I loved it. Is. it. Like it is I, a Spencer's gifts. You're right. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, and I feel like that was super cool. Like I like loved. I remember watching it when I was a kid. Um, the other thing is that I always assumed the Chicago Seven was like a big band or like a, a musical group. Like, <laughs> totally I don't know, Glenn Miller. Like you could see yeah. how I could, whatever. Um, of course, it's not. It's a really, it's a group of protesters. Couldn't be more like further from what I thought it was. Um, but overall, like, I like it. I, I think the little, the B story is fun too. Blanche's age and like that whole, that whole gag. Yeah. Um, there's nothing like there's not a whole lot of substance I feel, but it's entertaining. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think what you last said exactly. Like it's there's not a lot of substance. There's not a lot of because like even like I don't know. Dorothy doesn't have any sort of epiphany, and she literally plays with fire as they talk about. You know, like but but it kind of just works out accidentally. Um, even though as we'll get into, it's like kind of. It's it's great that she reached out and actually was a pivot point for this person, but to sort of Sophia's point of like, this is a professional's job and it could have been really dangerous for both him and her in right. a lot of ways. So anyway, um, I will I will make fun of Martin Mull a lot in this one, uh, but I do think he plays it perfectly. And it's like, it's just, it is, it's just like a fun ride. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious, so. And I think it's a little like, it's interesting because I could see Dorothy intervening if she thought like she could help. I could see her even being upset if she thought somebody was taking advantage of Meals on Wheels. But I also feel like Dorothy would know enough to know that like you can't always see a disability. You know, like totally. I guess like that's I have also invisible disability on my list. Like I really right. Do. It, it's very like and and I think obviously like society as a whole is more educated on this at this point. But like it's 
it is it doesn't feel so like her to be so confrontational with somebody who is receiving meals on wheels you know like that part is a little it doesn't quite add up it is very strange it is very strange um what's interesting is like i actually don't know like Meals on Wheels, like America's like mission statement is like about seniors specifically, right? But like I don't think they deny people who no. are need meals, right? Like it's the same thing where he's like, I'm on the list, you know. Um, but yeah, I it's so interesting that you bring that up because she really presses the point, like you, you know, it's like a perfectly healthy young man, and then she talks to him and he says, you know, like I'm basically need as much as anybody else and then she pushes on him again like you know just like you're perfectly healthy (laughs) and like as we come to know he is fucking not perfectly healthy doesn't matter if his goddamn legs work (laughs) like you know what i mean he's he's got some issues and like he he's literally a shut-in it's like really fascinating to think about um anyway uh but yeah i i agree that dorothy would be much more sort of up on things also like the whole policing of the issue you know i <laughs> sophia's like yeah whatever you know just be back uh what does she say when- yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it's hilarious because since she's her ride and like that's the whole reason that like dorothy's on the route is because sophia needs a ride back and she's like whatever <laughs> yeah take it to- whatever um the carrot raisin salad gag is pretty good because I agree. I'm not a fan. Don't oh, like yeah, it. It's really weird. Really weird. Um, <laughs> all right, but let me let me go. Let's go back to the top, uh, as we tend to do. <laughs> yeah, jump right in. But um, the the <laughs> it's it's horrible. But like the gag of Sophia pretending she's sick. She's like, all right, but you have to do me a favor. <laughs> I love it really great it's so good I love her retort of just like why do you do this for me is like you know there's two things I look forward to every day and it's both of them involve a yank and a chain and in my mind it's funny because it's like you never think obviously there is a chain in a toilet mechanism uh these days in the modern toilet but like in my mind she has the old-fashioned like box toilet where you like literally pull on a chain yeah that that's the visual it conjures for sure absolutely And I think it's really funny because it's like, wait, do you have that in your bathroom? <laughs> it looks pretty <laughs> modern from what we've seen of it. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, Lou really. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, Lou went back there. in time. <laughs> well, I mean, if 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 uh, Rose knew plumbing, that's certainly the plumbing she would know. So anyway. Definitely. For sure. And out- but, a uh, miracle they don't have an outhouse. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think so, it's funny. So it's funny that, so Sophia asks Dorothy, she needs a driver, right? And she actually asked Dorothy to cancel a date, right? And this is the this is the problem I have with this. And then she fucking goes off about like, you know, her being thyroid Freddy. Well, look, she goes no, she goes off about thyroid Freddy, but she's just like, oh, you call that a date, whatever. Even though like the entire rest of the series, including later in this episode, where she's just basically like, it doesn't matter what he's like, it's just a man is necessary, right? So it's like really interesting, like, cause she's like, you know, she, she basically is like, start a club, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> later on. And you're like, you're literally insulting your daughter for being lonely for, but in your eyes. Right. But you actually just told her to break a date. 
right because she needed something totally it's so fascinating i never realized that before of like that is like why dorothy ended you know i don't remember why she ended up on the route but um anyway i just thought i'd point that out you're just like sophia fucking make up your mind man what do you want you can't that's totally fair when she was trying to date even if it was banjo wise yeah (laughs) by the way that that condition's called uh exothalmic eyes uh by the way yeah it's a real thing there's a yeah it's it yeah it's a real thing poor freddy um yeah yeah that's a really good point i i didn't take that either because like also it's interesting that sophia has such a not even a problem but like she's really just trying to get what she wants out of it of course yeah Um, so she's insulting the guy yeah going back to her like maybe being with this guy who's on meals on wheels for a reason at this point that we don't know like we we don't know what's like what he's dealing with or anything she doesn't know anything about this person she's like all right whatever have fun like it's so it is that is really um a paradox there (laughs) totally totally so but yeah to your point and you know i think last episode we were saying that sophie was like the second most selfish of the girls i think it makes sense yep (laughs) really works totally right (laughs) that's hilarious um anyway so let's (laughs) can we talk about the b story for a minute since it's introduced um (laughs) where like blanche is talking like they're like your bed's not made (laughs) like your bed's not slept in and dorothy's like jealous and concerned i really i love that she's just like there is this you know they poke fun at blanche for like you know she's like that guy's young even for you and all this other stuff and um but it's like of course like they would also want you know dorothy especially was like express like yeah i'd love to be hooking up with like hot young men (laughs) yeah he's selling magazines (laughs) (laughs) he has his own business (laughs) oh man last episode with the infomercials this episode with the magazines we are in the 90s guys oh my god oh yeah totally totally Um, i never had to sell magazines to keep my fucking school open yay america I sold pizzas actually. Joe Corby's sponsor. Wow! Us. Oh yeah, Joe Corby. You remember those? I do remember those. I never, I never sold them. Myself. Well, did I? Maybe when we moved to like the 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 bigger and better school that had a little bit more funds. <laughs> but I specifically um, I, remember like magazine subscriptions. Oh my god! And we would get. So oh yeah, cool. totally. And wrapping oh. paper it was a whole thing. Oh yeah. Yep, for sure. Oh, what man. a wacky system. Little capitalists running around. Um, and then yeah, I exactly. got banned from selling lollipops. We used to sell lollipops after school. And then we got banned because we couldn't sell candy. The hell are we supposed to do to make money for student council? I don't know. What anyway. Hell? <laughs> what was this like a dentist thing? Yeah, it was like you can't sell. It was like when they banned soda from being in vending machines, which like, oh. sure, let me sell a fucking skull pop after school. It's different. <laughs> it's really oh, weird. Wait. Anyway. Um, yeah, well, okay, so my next note is that they've been living together for six years, five years at this point, and yeah. nobody even knows what month her birthday is in. <laughs> I know, this time suspicious. of every year. <laughs> suspicious. Hey, wait a minute. Especially with, like, you know, Rose being so keen on celebrating, right? Like, that's, like, so interesting. It's really funny. Yeah, but... when she's like, I'm going to give her a party. It's very Rose. Oh, it's really the cute. The way that she says it, <laughs> the way Betty White delivers that line I'm going to give her a party. Like it's like bursting with enthusiasm. And she like kind of slams the table as she gets up and it's, oh, 
everything about it is perfect. It's exactly what we talked about all that time where read it on the paper. Fine. It's funny. But like the delivery takes it to 11. Yeah. She's so excited. She's so (laughs) just like purely into the idea. Um, Speaking of line deliveries, when (laughs) when they talk about the twins from the Jimmy Smith's lookalike contest, Blanche's mind when she goes back, she goes, oh yeah. (laughs) It is so like, skeevy and like sexual if you just watch her where she's literally just flashes back to like basically having a threesome with these guys it's awesome it's such an amazing what a a, like a a line like the jimmy smith's look like what a move of it (laughs) very attractive guy really great (laughs) who's ma who are you just ask the damn favor um i love i love when that you know comes uh comes up (laughs) It is. Um, it's also really nice that Sophia does meals on wheels, like despite her manipulating yeah. Dorothy essentially to being her ride. Like, correct. Yeah. You know, she seems to really care about it. She seems to be obviously like she knows everybody's quirks, um, including totally. Martin Malls, where she's like, "I just leave that one. I never get in." You know, like yeah, exactly. Pretty good. Compliment um, her cat and Jews control the planet. Okay, I want to talk funny. about Mrs. Taylor I, for a minute. I was because... just gonna say you were talking about George Soros, and I, I, I always interpreted that line as she was Jewish. That's what um, I thought. But it seems incredibly <laughs> anti-Semitic uh, if you actually are like putting it particularly in the context of today um, with conspiracy theories. Anyway, what what are, what are you, yeah, what no, did you a- used to take from it and what did you take from it now? That's also what I thought was that she was Jewish and just like a cultural, like appreciation of Jewish culture. But this time I was like, oh my God, she's like the original QAnon because like (laughs) when Sophia's like, oh, it's Flintstone, not Flintstein. And then like the whole, like the bit about, um, tapes. Yeah. It's like, I really don't think I'm going to hear anything. Like, I feel like she is a conspiracy theorist and anti-Semitic and, that is not what I thought. I thought she was like a, I thought she was like a proud Jewish lady. And now I, I don't think so. I honestly think every single joke they make could be interpreted either way. Because like, honestly, like Jackie Mason tapes, like just like Beatles fans could be like, he's trying to tell us something, right? Like mm. he's telling us something versus like, you know, satanic rituals in the background. And the same thing, Flintstone, not Flintstein. She's like, you know, the cartoon with all the Jewish people. Like, I mean, like it literally, you could interpret it either way, but I never thought of the more nefarious interpretation of (laughs) the original QAnon. (laughs) <laughs> then uh unless until i watched it now you know as a as a near 40 year old it's really i mean it says a lot about the political environment we're in right now in 2022 but uh, you know either way it's it's fascinating to me yeah i mean we didn't have QAnon then to, correct, to correct comparing it to we just thought she was like a, we still had uh, anti-semitism though and conspiracy theories that always approach that so Right. Um, but anyway, I, for for the purposes of of the the Meals on Wheels route, I, I'll choose to interpret her as just a very enthusiastic, culturally Jewish old lady who loves cats and thinking that you know her people, her culture is in charge. <laughs> All right, Flintstein. <laughs> Which for an old lady who has lived through the Holocaust, you know, uh, albeit maybe you know perhaps safely in Miami, like. I, I will I will let an old Jewish person, you know, feel that everybody's on top of the world right now. Uh, it's not yeah, that, again, I'm it's happy not that far to... after World War II. If that's her, then I'm happy for her. I am a fan. But yes. I guess my it left me 
I didn't feel great about Mrs. Taylor, I guess, or Fluffy, that little anti-Semite. Yeah. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Well, I mean, the other thing is, like, is Taylor a Jewish name, I guess? Mm. Like, it, you know, it. it's pretty, <laughs> it sounds pretty anglo-saxon to me <laughs> it does i know i feel like i'm like uncle leo from seinfeld he's an anti-semite you know? yeah i mean it, it, yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god jesus christ but um you know i mean taylor obviously adapted from literally a taylor you know kind of thing but i i think i think that again in america like all bets are off you don't have to have a stein or a schwartz you know attached to you <laughs> to, to stein yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, oh, I, I wanna can I can I uh go back to um oh no, sorry, not go back. I just wanna mention while we're talking about uh you know racism or or uh you know ethnic cleansing, etc. Um, can we talk about Dorothy's comment about Big Daddy for like the third episode in a row? Yeah, he's a bad guy. <laughs> oh my god. Literally though, it's so it's so just played off as like a subtle joke, but it's so intense. Literally, Dorothy goes, I'm sure Grand Dragon, I, a big daddy is always with you. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, come on, Grand Dragon of the KKK, that is messed up. Well, it's in response to Blanche talking about how he would pick off Peaceniks with his BB gun, which Cor- like- Correct, which feels like he's, yeah, firing it at-, at, at- you know the libs or whatever um yeah like, he's trying to own the libs this is so this is a uh, precursor yeah i know uh, a lot of signals in this episode jesus christ we're really yeah dude, we this is like known. this is like our we like true crime conspiracy theory like podcast version <laughs> <laughs> we're cuban on <laughs> so crazy um anyway, also... but it, it fucking makes me so happy because you're just like again they've been alluding to it the entire series and now you're just like just come out and say it he's the grand dragon of the kkk <laughs> he's a bad guy <laughs> totally totally good um we also skipped over who's the macadamia which oh, i know oh it's my. like it's a tough one but it it's is so funny. rude but it it's so good. funny especially when she sort of like tries to sort of subtly cover her mouth when she's saying it <laughs> oh it's the way she said who's the macadamia and she just like really subtly like moves her hand up and back down again slowly <laughs> it's really really great <laughs> it's great it's so funny i know well i want <laughs> all right so should we should we go into should we which which direction we want to go here because i really want to talk about the turmoil of the 60s and how martin mull got into his situation yeah, let's go into it. Because <laughs> opposite of the street, street parking. <laughs> oh my god, seriously. So, listen, I don't begrudge any like everybody reacts in their own different ways based on upbringing, based on genetics and anxiety and depression and like all sorts of other things, right? But from like a cultural standpoint, particularly again in today's atmosphere uh which is always always an interesting like little time travel that we do from 2022 back to back to this era of like what what for him was so tumultuous like you're you're a a white straight dude a cisgendered straight dude it's like i i understand that like lots of things are going on but clearly he seemed to be on the side like he knows the Chicago seven he's got like peace signs clearly like embraced sort of the hippie aesthetic and, you know, I would assume viewpoints, <laughs> which lean towards the liberal leftist thing. It's not like, like to me, it's like the turmoil of the sixties might've interrupted him 
had he been an ultra conservative, you know, white man in the fashion of like today of like being like, we're losing what's going on, like a return to moral values, America, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's just so funny because I'm like, no, I mean, yeah, shit is not great. And it wasn't great. And it was really violent in a lot of ways. But one, ah, you really weren't personally affected. And two, there actually were pretty like positive outcomes in terms of like what you supposedly might have stood for. (laughs) So right. I'm really puzzled. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, what are my... your thoughts? That's a really, I love the setup. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking maybe, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pull some stuff here, but I yes, think all right. like, let's, the, I'm, I'm along for the ride. So my thought was like, he was a leftist. Um, I think, you know, there was a, a string of assassinations in the sixties, uh, obviously Martin Luther King Jr., Bobby Kennedy, um, Malcolm X, if he was like, you know, and, and even like going back further, JFK, like, so maybe that really deeply affected him. My other thought was that maybe he was in Vietnam and he was like drafted and it's, this is before we have a language to be like PTSD. Um, interesting. Okay. That would be my, like, the most logical conclusion I could draw based on, like, what I I feel is his effects. Um, But I don't know. I feel like he is of age to be in Vietnam. And obviously that was a really terrible, you know, so maybe that's it. I don't know. There's um. There's it's a so really good line. Though. In... I guess they, they might not have wanted to go in like the military direction because they just refer to it as the turmoil of the 60s, which all I went to was uh, domestic turmoil. So that's, that's I mean, fair. that's probably more that's I mean, I think that's a more what they give you. I'm just trying to like give him some benefit of the doubt. Yeah, no, um, I, that's fair. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, like they don't really talk about it. But yeah, they, I, I think that's the other thing that makes this one more. Uh, less substantive I guess is like yeah there's a reason for his condition and like we could have gotten into it like I think that you know it wouldn't be beyond what they've done before to explain it a little further but they really don't want to (laughs) they have no interest I guess like that's the point it would be very interesting if there was a um you know like uh if that was originally part of the script, I guess, you know, and then it was sort of like, we don't have time to get into that at all. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Um, just like the turmoil of the sixties affected us all. I don't know. It just, it just seems a little like lofty. And again, people deal with their things in their own way. And I'm not saying that like white people don't have problems, but it's just like really interesting. That was my first reaction of like, dude, I, I think you'll be okay. <laughs> like it's not, no one's trying to point a fire hose at you when you're walking out of the building. You know what I mean? Like it was just maybe he got big daddy hit him with his BB gun. I mean like that maybe. also, that's that- true. That um wow that storyline is like <laughs> that feels to me like he is just like a protester and it's yeah. like yeah my dude like things are buckle up things are about to get a lot worse my friend for real um, for real oh my god seriously so yeah I mean I think that's it, it's it's definitely not explained I think there's a couple different ways to imagine his backstory um yeah. but either way it's like all right I know I know. But it is funny because it's like, okay, so so let's let's assume PTSD, whatever. And even if he didn't go to Vietnam, he has PTSD and he has extreme enough anxiety to prevent him from leaving that apartment for decades. Okay. And like 
not seeing other people, whatever it is, like, you know, I, I don't know where his endless funds come from. That's never explained. <laughs> well, he's on wheels on wheels, so. Yeah, he eats for free, I guess, but like still you have to pay rent or something, you know. I don't, I don't True. know, whatever. Uh or like maintenance fees on your apartment. Like, did your toilet break ever? Like, you know, <laughs> it's like you have the old chain one. Anyway. But <laughs> bringing it back. Let's assume, let's assume that, you know, all of this happens. Like, this is a severe mental and emotional issue that needs to absolutely be dealt with by a professional. And it's like wildly reprehensible that Dorothy tries to pursue it on her own. I I will, you have to give Dorothy credit because she actually provides that line of access and she is curious enough and concerned enough to actually push him to like, like to engage with him, not to just like drop the tray and say whatever, right? Um, So I do love the idea at the root of this episode of this like connection to other human beings and patience and like understanding where they're coming from, whatever. But like her whole thing of like, you know, like having him take like steps outside, bringing him to the supermarket, all that kind of stuff. It's just like, it's really ego driven in a lot of ways, like especially with her miracle worker comment, right? It's like they actually <laughs> talk about that and they bring it up and like, you know, Sophia especially warns that like, this is probably not <laughs> something you should do by yourself. Um, anyway, it's it's just really, it's like alarming in a lot of ways. And it's sort of like, all right, Dorothy, it worked out fine. But like, when he especially when he invites her to live with him like that should have been a major clue to like not be alone with this guy anymore and like you can you can still be his friend but like how about some supervision <laughs> you know anyway, yeah it's like I, it could get it just like again looking at this episode is so interesting how we can like divide it up of like again you're like is she QAnon or if she's just a nice old jewish lady <laughs> like <laughs> Is Jimmy like, you know, anxiety ridden just needs like a friend or does he need severe like emotional like trauma therapy? <laughs> like, it's like there's so right. many lines, you know, is Blanche in her 40s or her 60s? There's so many weird like this like episode toes the line. But anyway, watching this again uh, now, it, it really gave me, especially as a woman, about being like, OK, especially like the, the live with me like that he's he's totally misreading her intentions at this point that's when it actually got scary for me yeah I think and I think like Dorothy so what I think is interesting and again where I feel like Dorothy's not it's not so in character is like she's relating to when she was depressed after her divorce from Stan which like being so depressed that you can't get out of bed for a few weeks that's directly attached to an event in your life yes is not a personal event in your life as being a like never leaving your apartment for decades so right. and having such crippling anxiety that you can't go buy your own food and like how you don't see that like I think his you know like it's just so unlike her to think she could take this on and not involve professionals particularly when yes. we've seen like when Rose is dealing with drug addiction for example like Dorothy's like let me call recovery center she's not like I'll help you through you know like she's like I'll help you through the first night but she doesn't have the sense of like that she can cure somebody of this like severe mental illness really and and so I I feel like it's a little like yeah I I don't need this to be a super heavy plot and it's not um but when we're you know talking about breaking it down like there's so many sort of um 
uncharacteristically bad decisions that Dorothy makes in this that like it's I don't believe it she wouldn't and like yeah that would be a huge red flag like you're nice to this guy so he thinks you're gonna come live with him all this can be yours like come on that's what that's what I mean it's like it's already kind of obnoxious in the beginning but that should be another like signal that it it could be dangerous (laughs) like this is yeah And then, like, the whole, I mean, the one millionth customer gag, I got to talk about that for a minute, because even when I was a kid, I was like, first of all, how are they counting the million customers? Because it is not a turnstile which has a click. It just spins. He actually enters the supermarket through the spinning turnstile and then exits again. So it's not not like, you know, it's like you have the turnstiles that go click, 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 like for the subway, (laughs) which I could see that being a counter of like, okay, we're at a million. And if he walks in and walks back out, like that was the, you know, 999 customer. (laughs) Whatever. But like, it cracks me up because not only does like the whole million customer gag not work with his entrance to the supermarket when it totally could have, he could have just stayed behind the turnstile for like that acting you know and his whole like hesitancy and then gone through so i i just like don't understand that choice <laughs> i never did <laughs> also i recognize that like i'd like this time around that um the host that comes out that's like you're the one million customer he's like awkwardly quote-unquote pretending to shop in the background and he's like so bad at it <laughs> he's like looking over his shoulder like like is it my cue yet it's so so funny very similar to how I thought somebody was going to need an organ from me while I was still alive. I also thought I would be the one millionth customer somewhere from watching all this like, yeah. early 90s TV. And I was like, totally. can't wait. What am I going to get? Like a lifetime <laughs> supply of soup. Bring it on. <laughs> um, which never happened. Uh, yeah, it's so like, this is another like wacky coincidence. Like he walks totally. in and he's the one millionth customer. What are the odds? It is fucking funny. It is really fucking it's great. Funny, it's I mean, really it's a good. great. It's a great bit. It's a great like example of like overwhelm in in modern society. Even for like somebody who had been out of their apartment for thirty years, like and who has anxiety, like that's not a good moment for them. <laughs> No, totally. It's not a good moment. Honestly, I, me myself as an adult now, I would I would probably just leave. <laughs> like I don't want to bother with this. <laughs> You're like I just came in here to get some fucking cheese, man. Can you? Yeah, just go to your alone? one million and one. Honestly, I know. I don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> um, so and then it's great when they do it again when he he runs into the party. Like I do think it's it's funny. Yeah, it's um, funny. But it's just one of those things that like never actually happens that. Totally, but like all the time, and it's yeah, and it's like played off again. Like this is the sort of like you're like, (laughs) okay, it's like played off for laughs. Like haha, like he wouldn't have like hyperventilate and like pass out or like have a have a a severe like emotional break and do a real panic attack, right? Yeah, yeah, like a true panic. You know, it's just like like wacky. It's like when Rose is being chased, you know, like by the dogs. Anyway, oh um, yeah, whoa, I know. seriously you know it's like it's just like so dorky but again it's like the two sides of the episodes like you can choose to view it incredibly darkly in terms of like the subtext or you could just be like martin mole's funny he's wearing a vest he needs new clothes (laughs) (laughs) which i'll take either way it's great exactly oh my god so the fish thing oh all right i gotta go you gotta feed fish (laughs) i'm jumping around 
That's okay. I also noticed from from a from a humor standpoint, right? He has the whole like fish don't leave you and fish this and and fish you gotta feed fish, right? And then <laughs> just a few minutes later, Dorothy does the like people who are you know doing this, doing that, and she's like people who are towing my car. They're the exact same structure, like joke structure, and mm. actually put together, I it actually tripped me up because they hit the same beats and it was in the same scene. And I thought it was an interesting choice. Like it felt redundant to me to like use the same style of joke. It might've even felt redundant if it was in the same episode, but um, just in like, because it was the same scene, it really stood out to me. That's like interesting. Exact same joke structure. Yeah. Yeah. They don't usually do that. I know. Exactly. That's the whole thing. It's like, the, it was not, it was not as smooth as it tended to be. No. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. Um, I... Well, so, okay, what do you think is Dorothy's deal? Like, do you think she's motivated <laughs> truly by, like, relating to him and it's just so personal for her that she can't sort of, like, unsee herself? Or do you think she just feels, like, endowed with, like, a gift? Like, what? why is she doing this? I I don't know. I think it's probably a blend. Like, it probably started as this sort of relatable thing. And also, like, she's really surprised. Like, she... It's almost like when you, you know, like you hear about some statistic or something and you actually like clicks and you're like, I didn't know it was that bad, you know, about like people writ large or like some situation in the world writ large. But this is like an individual one. Like, I don't understand. Like, she's so caught up with like, I don't understand how somebody could do that. And then realizes she sort of could, which as we've, as you've mm. <laughs> illustrated it's not exactly the same thing but she understands the feeling right that could get a person into that place and then i think after that it's about ego because she makes like a little bit of progress and then she knows especially from like sophia's route that like no one else is engaging with him in this way so she feels that like i feel i think she feels like she has to do it because no one else is doing it and then she gets caught up in the ego of it <laughs> so, yeah i see that i have no handedly ego. ruined a man's <laughs> life yeah which hand? This hand. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. That. Yeah. That totally. I think that. That. Is I think it reasonable. checks out. And, I mean, it, again, it's stretched. It's very. You know, it's a stretch. You have to really. You have to like have a suspension of disbelief. And I actually like when Dorothy's character flaws kind of overtake her because she is always yeah. you know like she's such a straight man she's such the yeah, sort of exactly. like moral like she true north like you know whatever so i think it's 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 fun when she gets overtaken by like a very human thing like this where like she wants to be dorothy's miracle worker um <laughs> yeah. so it's fun i like it i, I also think you're right yeah i have to bring up because i love and i find myself referencing the good lord all the time i love the gambler bit which you gotta know when to hold them oh my god it's so I know. good it's so classic for me Kenny it's Rogers, like god tomato tomato <laughs> no one to walk away <laughs> so incredible. i thought you were gonna say when she's like talking to the woman she closes the door she goes she's ready god <laughs> <laughs> amazing that's so great um, there's a lot of good out, ones there's a lot of great lines for sure um to round out the the Jimmy Dorothy um you know uh bit I I think the knocks are great like the oh, whole yeah. like, secret knock thing it's hysterical who is it um I also <laughs> love you know which of course we alluded to uh the previous episode but like we're when, and you were talking about earlier the Chicago 7 but like the sexualized way that she reads it and like 
also like thinking about like Martin Mull and B. Arthur having sex is like so weird. <laughs> but it's like he's like, it's getting warm in here. <laughs> like it's like so weird. It's just really weird. And I don't know if I have a weird reaction to it because like I guess like subversive people are so hot. <laughs> it's weird it's really weird (laughs) but if he was like so turned on by subversion i don't think he would have such anxiety about like staying out of turmoil one but two it's like i don't know i can't help but just think it's so weird like it's just a bizarre way and it's like i i mean b arthur does have like a sexy voice right like she has like a sexy deep voice but like i wish it was (laughs) I know that's the joke, but I just wish it was used in a different context because it's just a fucking weird scene. Yeah, it's super weird. I also feel like, what is that? Like, Dorothy follows the news? Like, what's the, you know, like, what's the root there? Like, that's why I thought it was a musical group. What kind of, like... (laughs) You know, it's a group of protesters that she knows. News, I know, but I think you have to have some sort of leftist leaning to like. Totally, yeah, that's true. That's unless you're so far right that you're like execute these seven people, you know, or some shit like that. Right. That's that's why I think it's supposed to be hot. But I'm just saying, if you again, if you scratch just beneath the surface of the logic here, you're just like he's getting turned on by the list of these people. Is it that like he wants to be subversive, but he's like not because he has anxiety? I it, there's so much. That's so yeah, strange. a lot of questions around there. But just yeah, like I totally agree. Hor- horny Martin Mull is like, oh, it's just weird. We have to move on. <laughs> yeah, moving on. <laughs> anyway, um, that's all I've got for the Jimmy thing. Well, I, we we should really talk more about um you know good old blanche and her yeah her envelope <laughs> we got to talk about the um is kill the bitch a traditional saint Olaf party oh, game God. because like so one great. it's incredible writing but oh man that delivery but that the delivery is incredible but but the line before that i love we're like live with women who look a lot older than you and like <laughs> she's oh it's so good like where she's she's kind of huffs out you know once again, like the one-two punch of the jokes is so great, but yeah, Dorothy's delivery of "Kill the Bitch" is epic. <laughs> it's great, and like this is also like such an iconic, like the reveal of the birth certificate is so like in the oh, Golden Girls canon. I feel like it's absolutely. such a because you know what I was thinking also like they must have. I bet that the trailer for that episode was like, we'll finally know the real age of Blanche Devereaux. Like, I'm sure that clip aired, you know, like that week on TV. And people were probably like, oh, wow, like this is going to be crazy. Like, are we going to find out that she's actually really old or like whatever? And then you never find out. (laughs) So great. Deleted by authority of the governor. You know what this means? (laughs) She really jumped on this guy's bandwagon. (laughs) Almost. Oh, my God. So great. I really do love um, when, uh, you know, Blanche is giving her the, <laughs> or uh, Sophia is giving Blanche the quote unquote advice. <laughs> She's like, my mistake, because I thought you look like Yoda, you were also wise. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So wow. excellent. So excellent. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's pretty great. Um, there's definitely uh, that is uh, an Easter egg for uh, the enoughwicker.com's 404 page, just so you know. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um anyway, I was I thought it was pretty clever. But uh I love that line and I I love just like the sassiness. I love the, you know, well, if you, this is crazy invasion of privacy, like, well, you know, I guess well, if you're not sure open the damn envelope. 
<laughs> open the damn envelope oh it's it's really wonderful um but it's like it's it's so like that whole the whole idea which again we've talked about a lot on this podcast where you don't like surprises i love surprises but like you're actually a person who says you don't like surprises and you mean it right like you don't you would would you be mad if there was a surprise party after you vehemently forbid there being one I I think so. I mean, like, I don't know. It's hard to say because if you if, wouldn't like walking were into all the supermarket like a, to be the million customers. So that's why you know. I wouldn't. I would hate that. I mean, I guess if I were into men and there's a parade of men that I had been either I'd either oh, slept with or been men, into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. This hard is your to say. fantasy. <laughs> right. I mean, like, it's hard to imagine not liking that, I guess, you know. Yeah. Um I I think like, okay, this is a great example of why I don't like surprises though. Cause like there's some conniving, like yeah. Rose seeking out the birth certificate. Is it a prime example of what I don't like about surprise parties is like, you're yeah. conniving and you're planning behind my back. What are you finding out? Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say that you wouldn't like that when that happens and it even gets Blanche. Um, but <laughs> well, yeah, because I think I think there are different levels, right? Because you don't right. like the conniving, but you you're okay with the end result because you like people celebrating you. I would love <laughs> to like, be at a party. I'd love yeah. to be a guest at a surprise party. I just don't. I don't want it for me. I really, yeah. you know, I don't need it. I'm gonna throw her a party. <laughs> <laughs> but Old I do think that head. some people, yeah, I do think some people like Jimmy, like would really. Like if you had his condition or just like you'd say you wouldn't want a surprise and it wouldn't necessarily be about the conniving behind your back. It would just be the fact that you don't know something is coming. <laughs> like people right. really need to like have a handle on every step that like is coming up ahead. Right. Um, whereas for me, I prefer not to know that because to me, that's what like it's really exciting about life where it's like, oh, if I know about a surprise then it no longer is a surprise and it's fucking stupid because it's just a plan. <laughs> And it's like exactly. every day. I mean, it's just a plan. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, so I love that Jimmy hasn't changed clothes. And I also love that For he's real. like overcome this. I mean, like we we <laughs> sort of said this, but he's taken a big step in overcoming a decade or so of being shut in because Dorothy was nice to him. So I know. <laughs> I got I know. some plot holes there. Yeah. Um, I love when Blanche is like, right after you tell me your weight. Which like, ugh, you know, I hate that whole oh, I know, running gag I know. of like, God forbid, oh, but, wait, like, exactly. Ugh, ugh. but it's funny that Rose is like, their response to each other, I think is funny. It's It shows like a real level of intimacy and friendship and like an acceptance of like, all right, I don't actually care. I don't need to know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, By the way, it's two decades. It's 22 years. Is what right. He says. He I, right. Left. And like, so just it's somebody like, was really. nice to him on Meals on Wheels. And then he's totally cool. <laughs> Oh, exactly. It's really intense. It's really intense. Uh, oh my god. Anyway, um, that's all I've got for this one. Me too. That's it. All right. Well, join us next time when we discuss how many music boxes slash lovers Big Daddy had. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> take care, everyone. <laughs>